your Locked on the New York Rangers, your daily podcast on the New York Rangers. Part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome back, Blue Shirts fans, to episode number 571 of the Locked On New York Rangers podcast. I'm your host, John Chick. Just want to thank you guys for making Locked On New York Rangers your first listen every day. We are free and available on all platforms. That song you are hearing right now is, of course, Leave the Lights On from our good friends in Pacifier. You can check those guys out anywhere you get your music. And the Rangers coming off of a disappointing 4-3 overtime shootout loss at home against the Philadelphia Flyers. The Rangers... Uh, second consecutive loss and second loss in as many games to start the month of April here. And it's tough to exactly know how to feel when a game like this ends because on one hand, you know, the Rangers were down 3 nothing in the third period in this game. Obviously had a great rally to come back and tie the game, force it into overtime, force it into the shootout. So it was great to see the Rangers bounce back. But by that same token, there were uh, quite a few negatives in this game. I don't think there's anything that's too concerning as far as the long-term picture is concerned, uh, but there were some things that we could point out here that uh, were not good in this game by the New York Rangers. Again, props to this team for coming back and at least getting a point out of it, and that could end up being pivotal uh, coming down the stretch here because the Rangers are neck and neck with the Penguins, and obviously every point counts. Very much looks like those teams are going to be playing each other in the playoffs, and uh, hey, listen, if the Rangers end up finishing one point ahead of the Penguins— or if they end up tied with the Penguins, but they get the tiebreaker, then we're going to look at this game, uh, you know, coming back and getting this point as, you know, an important part of the Rangers season because it could very well determine uh, who gets home ice advantage in the first round if these two teams do indeed play each other, or at least it's part of the equation for determining who gets home ice uh, in that potential playoff series. But uh, to start with, I think we got to talk about some of the lineup changes at the beginning of this game. Uh, there were Three players who had previously been in the lineup that were a healthy scratch for this game. We had Dryden Hunt, Greg McKaig, and Braden Schneider all coming out of the lineup. And in their place, we get Johnny Brodzinski, Julian Gauthier, and Justin Braun. And so, obviously, uh, shuffling the deck a little bit after a lackluster performance against the Islanders, a 3 nothing blanking. Uh, unfortunately, this game didn't really start a whole lot better. The first couple of minutes, I thought the Rangers were skating pretty hard and looked pretty good overall, had a scoring chance or two very early. Uh, but then just like that, you know, the Flyers kind of take control with two fairly early goals and take a 2 nothing lead. That lead eventually ballooned to 3 nothing before the Rangers uh, made their comeback. And we'll get to all that in just a second. But I did want to kind of uh, share my thoughts on the line combinations here. For starters, uh, top line stays intact. You got Mika centering Kreider and Frank Vetrano. And then the second line, Andrew Kopp centering Artemi Panarin and Johnny Brodzinski. And, you know, coming into this game, when I saw that Brodzinski was going to be active for this contest, I had the feeling that they might end up putting him there. You know, Dryden Hunt has gotten some run on the second line in the right wing spot. And... You know, after the Rangers made all the moves that they made at the trade deadline, I think a lot of us figured that that second line might finally kind of settle a little bit, and you might have a situation where, you know, in time, the second line trio that would emerge would be Ryan Strom, Artemi Panarin, and Andrew Kopp. And with Kopp and Strom, you know, you can take your pick which one of them you want at center, which one of them you want on the right wing. Uh, But I think the good money was probably on those three guys playing together. And of course, now Ryan Strom is hurt. Uh, He missed what I believe was now his fourth consecutive game from the Ranger lineup. We'll see if there are any updates there, you know, maybe even by the time I'm done recording this episode. But, you know, 
the Rangers have the same issue that they had before they made all these trades. The only difference is that now uh, Ryan Strom has been taken out of the equation. Andrew Kopp is there, but the Rangers now, once again, have kind of that revolving door on the second line right wing spot that they've had basically uh, ever since this podcast came into existence. Uh, We're covering three seasons now, but... Yeah, I mean, overall, I think it's fine to give Brodzinski a chance. I know maybe, you know, Philip Hedo, maybe some people would like to see him get an opportunity there, but he's played pretty well with Lafreniere recently, and I thought Lafreniere, Hedo, and Gautier had a nice night. Uh, more on them in just a second. But, yeah, for me, you know, we've talked about how guys should be given their chance to stake their claim to playing time, and as far as, you know, what lines they want to be on between now and the start of the Stanley Cup playoffs, and since everybody else on this New York Ranger team has had a chance, I think it's completely fine for Johnny Brodzinski to get a chance, and overall, I thought he played pretty well. There were times where, you know, he was skating really hard, and something that I've mentioned about him at the pa- in the past, excuse me, that I thought was kind of on display in this game as well, he's got a really sneaky kind of out-of-nowhere shot. It's not like the hardest shot you've ever seen in, in your life, but he'll pull the trigger uh, very suddenly and very quickly, and in a couple different instances in this game, came relatively close to scoring. So I like what I saw from Brodzinski. Of course, they ended up dropping him down to the fourth line. Barclay Goodrow moved up to the second line later in this game because the Rangers, by that point, you know, it was the third period, and they had gone five consecutive periods without scoring a goal. So obviously, they had to do some kind of a shakeup, but I was completely fine with Johnny Brodzinski getting a chance here. Like I said, when Ryan Strom gets back, I think he's the guy, and you roll with Strom, Kopp, and Panarin. Uh, But for the time being, yeah, listen— Everybody deserves an opportunity. It was Brodzinski's time, and I thought he at least looked decent. I thought uh, the third line, which is now the kid line again, of Philip Hedl centering Alexi Lafreniere and Julian Gauthier was probably the Rangers' best-looking line for the first two periods of this game. I thought they produced more scoring opportunities than probably any other line, at least to that point. There was an instance uh, off the top of my head. I can remember Hedl getting the puck to Lafreniere in the left face-off circle. Lafreniere had a chance fairly in deep, uh, was denied by Martin Jones. And then later in the game, uh, Philip Hedl just exploded up the right side, went around his defenseman, used that speed that we all uh, know that he has, and put a backhand shot off the near post. So uh, that was another thing in this game. You know, the Rangers, they didn't really have puck luck on their side, but by that same token, they did not defend well in this game either. They made too many mistakes, a couple of penalties that they really didn't need to take. I mean, the one on Panarin was absolutely ridiculous. That should not have been a penalty at all. But you get what I'm saying. The Rangers were not sharp for two periods. And yes, could they have had better puck luck? Absolutely. But at the same time, I don't know that they really played in a way that would lead you to believe that they kind of deserve those breaks, deserve that puck luck, and deserve the hockey gods to be on their side, so to speak. So that just leaves the fourth line. And that was Barkley Goodrow centering Tyler Ma and Ryan Reeves, at least until later in the game when uh, we saw Goodrow and Brodzy kind of flip flop there. And, uh, you know, Goodrow moved up, Brodzinski moved down. There were one or two other tweaks every now and then. You know, there was a shift where I saw because of Benajad, Artemi Panarin, and Julian Gauthier on the ice at the same time. And at first, I thought maybe that was just a partial line change. But I don't think it was because that's three different lines. You know, Mika's on the top line, Panarin's on the second line, Gautier's on the third line. So uh, that came near the end of the second period. I think Gallant just kind of mixing and matching, experimenting a little bit, and that's what he came up with. And uh, yeah, I mean, they they had to try something. I'm not a big fan of, you know, knee-jerk line changes, you know, as far as the combinations are concerned. David Quinn did that a lot, and I liked Quinn, but it felt like he was so quick to change his lines. But with... uh, This game, I have no issue with Gallant kind of, once again, mixing and matching a little bit. They had to try to get something going because this team had gone five straight games 
or five straight periods, excuse me, without scoring a single goal. So a little bit of a shakeup was definitely in order. And uh, Gautier, again, I, I thought he looked pretty well for somebody who hasn't played in a while. He'd been a healthy scratch for nine consecutive games. And as we've mentioned with some of the other guys who have worked into the lineup uh, recently, it's probably good to get him at least a game or two down the stretch here because you never know when you might need to call on him during the playoffs. So Gautier uh, did fine in this game. I'm going to be very, very curious to see how the Rangers line up in the next one. I mean, at this point, your guess is as good as mine because obviously they played poorly against the Islanders and that resulted in a shakeup for this game, both in terms of line combinations and who's in the lineup and who's out of the lineup. So now they lose again. Do you stick with this same, you know, combination of players here? Does the uh, strong finish in the third period earn all these guys another start? Or do you go back to the guys that were in the lineup the game before? Going to be very, very interesting to see uh, how the Rangers play it going forward. And obviously, listen, playing time and even just dressing is up for grabs right now on this New York Ranger team. You want to be out there for the playoffs, you got to start bringing it every single night. Uh, you know, again, I'm not at the point where I'm going to panic. It's two straight losses for the Rangers. I think they'll be just fine, but got to step on the gas here. You want to have a strong finish heading into the postseason. I think that's pretty obvious. And uh, we're going to continue breaking down all the highlights and lowlights from this game in just a second. But first, just want to let everybody know, today's episode of Locked on New York Rangers is brought to you by BetOnline.net. BetOnline is your number one source for all your betting needs and sports info. Find all of the latest sports developments, including this week's Masters Championship odds, podcasts, and reviews for all the different leagues this season. BetOnline is your continued source for all your sporting, wagering information, including live betting, esports, and scores. Head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more about the trends and action. BetOnline, where the game starts. All right, I just want to thank you guys for making Locked On New York Rangers your first listen every day. We are free and available on all platforms. So I think at this point, we can say that Igor Shesterkin is in what I would call a mini slump. I wouldn't be panicking about this, and obviously he had played very well in the two games against the Pittsburgh Penguins. You know, again, only allowed three goals in three periods there, and all three goals that Pittsburgh scored came as the result of a deflection or him being screened, something along those lines. And even in this game against the Flyers, I don't think that any of the goals were on him except for this first one because six minutes into the game, you have Cam York scoring a goal off of a face-off. The Flyers won the face-off clean, and I think this is one of those stops that Igor Shesterkin has to make. Uh, it was a clean face-off win for Thompson. Once again, it went back to Cam York. York just let it fly, uh, but there was no deflection. Igor seemed to have a clean look at the shot. I don't think he was screened or anything like that. He was certainly in position to catch it with his glove, and he just missed it. I mean... It may have knuckled a little bit. You know, the, the puck seemed to kind of be fluttering. But again, Igor's got to have this one. And I think he'd be the first one to tell you that. But just like that, the Flyers are up one to nothing. Once again, about six minutes into this game. And up to this point, I thought the Rangers were skating fairly well and got off to a decent start. But uh, this just kind of derailed them a little bit. And, you know, for Igor Shesterkin, again, I thought he bounced back pretty nicely after this. He made about 12 different saves on breakaways. And about half of them were against Tippett. And speaking of Tippett, he actually ends up scoring less than a minute later, 50 seconds later to be exact, off of a pass from Kevin Hayes. And this was just not a good sequence for the New York Rangers. I don't, I don't think anybody on the ice is going to have this as part of their, you know, career highlights package when it's all said and done. Basically, you get a situation where, well, first of all, the Rangers almost scored a goal. You had Gautier making a centering pass to Alexi Lafreniere. Lafreniere was turned aside by Jones. But then right after this, a really bad turnover by the Rangers in the neutral zone. Uh, Jacob Truba was along the boards near the team benches there. He tried to make a pass, 
and his pass hit Julian Gauthier off of his skate. Gauthier was basically skating right in front of Truba. The puck is picked up by our old buddy Kevin Hayes, and then Hayes gains the blue line, passes to Tippett. Tippett absolutely posterizes Keandre Miller and sneaks his shot inside the near post. Uh, was it saveable by Igor Shesterkin? Sure, but he never should have been in this situation in the first place. Again, this was not a highlight reel moment for Truba or Gautier or Miller or Igor. Uh, just a brutal goal to give up here. And once again, after a good opening couple of minutes for the Rangers, you've basically just handed the Flyers a 2 to nothing lead. So a uh, less than ideal start for, for the Rangers here. And obviously now they've got a hole to climb out of. Keandre Miller had a really rough night. And, you know, I've said in the past that I think that the Rangers' top four defensemen, you know, you could put that quartet up against uh, just about any of the top fours in hockey as far as defensemen are concerned. Yeah, there's probably one or two teams that maybe have a little bit better of a top quartet than the Rangers do, but there can't be that many. I, you know, I think this is a really fine group that the Rangers have assembled here and obviously a very young group on top of that. But overall, yeah, these defensemen just did not play well. And it's funny because, you know, Justin Braun, I mentioned uh, a minute ago, that he was in this game in place of Braden Schneider, you know, skating in his first game since the Rangers traded for him, and he played in that first game against the Devils there. I barely noticed Braun in this game, which is probably a good thing, because I certainly noticed, like I said, a lot of the other Ranger defensemen who just did not play very well overall in this game. You know, just a couple of miscues here and there, and Adam Fox had a bit of a rough night as well. We've got some examples of that uh, that I'll get to in just a second. But I do want to mention a couple of the nice saves that Igor Shesterkin made. You know, we talked about how he gave up a little bit of a soft goal early in the game to give the Flyers a one to nothing lead. But this game almost went 3 to nothing. you know, basically a minute after this goal was scored. So the Flyers could have had three goals in the span of about two minutes. Uh, they get a turnover, and Igor made the save with the Flyers coming in on the rush. Uh, but just some really bad neutral zone play by the Rangers in the first period. It's like as soon as they were between the two blue lines, everybody on the team just like, forgot how to complete a pass. It was not good. Uh, there was a situation here where Nemeth tried to move the puck up the boards. It got picked off by Kevin Hayes. That led to a, you know, a low danger scoring opportunity for the Flyers. But again, just not good play here by the Rangers. I don't know if they were just rattled after the Flyers went up two to nothing, but obviously uh, this team is capable of playing a heck of a lot better than this. We've seen examples of that all season. I mentioned how Miller scuffled a little bit in this game, and there was an example of that toward the end of the first period here. You've got Kevin Hayes, our old friend, coming in, uh, you know, on the rush, but not he's not skating that fast, and that kind of played into his hands. I think he almost wanted Miller to do what he did. Basically what happened, Miller went down to the ice on his stomach looking to try to simultaneously take away the pass from Kevin Hayes as well as take away the shot, but Hayes basically just waited him out and waited for Miller to just go, you know, sliding right by him, and then Hayes pulls the trigger from in deep. Igor Shesterkin makes a great save. And then the puck goes right back to Kevin Hayes. And he takes another shot. And Igor stops that one too. So uh, Igor Shesterkin, you know, again, uh, rough opening, giving up that one goal. And, you know, the second one was maybe stoppable. Uh, but he had a, a really nice game for himself. He did a great job every time the Flyers had a breakaway. Every time they had a two-on-one rush. Uh, it seemed like he would come up clutch and obviously kept the Rangers in this game and gave them a chance to come back, which they did. Rangers tying the game late in the third period. But... You know, again, uh, just not a good night for the Ranger defenseman. And again, there are more examples of this to get to uh, as we continue here. I'm going to uh, go through all those in just a second. But first, just want to let everybody know that today's episode of Locked On New York Rangers is brought to you by Rock Auto. With the ever-increasing numbers of makes and models, it is now impossible for your local chain auto parts store to stock all the parts you need. Why endure often pointless or seemingly intimidating questioning like, is your Odyssey an LX or an EX? And wait while the person behind the counter orders the parts on their computer, choosing the only brand their warehouse just so happens to carry. 
You have computers with access to rockauto.com at home and in your pocket. Save time and money when using Rock Auto. Rock Auto is a family business serving do-it-yourselfers for over 20 years. Rock Auto prices are reliably low for every customer. Go explore their easy-to-use website today to find the solution to your auto part needs. Go to rockauto.com right now and see all the parts available for your car or truck. Right locked on in their how-did-you-hear-about-us box so they know we sent you. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts that your car will ever need. rockauto.com so the second period, you have another breakaway opportunity for Tippett, and Igor once again turns him aside. Again, Igor Shesterkin played very well in this game. I know a little bit of a rough start, but turn it around. Once again, the Rangers do not come back in this game if he doesn't uh, come up clutch in a lot of situations, specifically on breakaways, because there were a lot for the Flyers in this game. The Rangers just gave up way too many odd man rushes and just straight up breakaways. Uh, the Rangers had a quick rush up the ice, but Jones made a stop on Artemi Panarin in deep. You had, right after this, Keandre Miller with a little bit of an ill-advised pinch. And like I was saying, uh, the Ranger defensemen just were not at their best in this game. You know, he wanted to keep the play alive. I get that. But uh, he basically hands the Flyers another odd man rush. They get another scoring opportunity out of that. Uh, then the Rangers get their first power play of the game, and it was not a good one. Uh, just a couple of errant passes. You know, they did an okay job at least setting up shop. But then, you know, Chris Kreider made a pass that... I don't know who he was passing to. It went out of the zone. You also had a situation later in this power play where Fox put the pucker on the boards to basically no one, and it was just an easy clear down the ice for the Flyers. And then there was another situation. The second power play unit was on the ice at this point. Barclay Goodrow plays there on the boards, you know, up toward the blue line, and there's nobody there, and the puck just comes right out of the zone. Truba tried to get there, couldn't get there in time to hold the puck in. So just a discombobulated power play for the New York Rangers. Never really uh, came close to scoring. And then Tippett gets about his, I don't know, 40th breakaway of the game. And this was the result of a bad line change. You know, Fox and Lindgren were nowhere to be seen on this play. Uh, that's on the entire Ranger team for the line change. I'm not just going to put it on Fox and Lindgren. But again, uh, these Ranger defensemen just not having a good night, just slow getting back and just played way too loose uh, in their own zone. And it just resulted in way too many scoring opportunities for the New York Rangers. But once again, Igor Shesterkin with a save against Tippett keeps the puck out and keeps the score at 2 to nothing at this point. And I mentioned how the Rangers certainly did not get any puck luck in this game, and that's definitely true. Once again, I don't think they really did anything to earn the puck luck, but there was a rapid-fire uh, sequence here where the Rangers hit the post twice. Uh, you had a situation where, you know, Vitrano took a shot and it was saved, and then Truba comes up and just rings a slap shot off the crossbar, so they just missed scoring there. And then right after this, Julian Gauthier is in front of the net. He deflects the puck off the post uh, basically right after... Truba had hit the post, so two instances where the Rangers draw iron here, and they have nothing to show for it, so a couple of inches, and you know maybe this game turns out a whole lot differently than it did, but again, be that as it may, Rangers just didn't do anything to earn the breaks in this game here tonight based on how they defended, and the second period ends with the Rangers still trailing two to nothing. And then the third period starts, and this is where we start to see the Rangers, you know, really begin mixing and matching the line combinations. Uh, there was a shift early with Goudreau, Kopp, and Kreider. Once again, all three of those players were on different lines at the start of the game. And then a little bit later, we saw Panarin, Mika, and Vetrano. Uh, so Panarin joins Mika and Vetrano on the top line for a little while there. And, you know, obviously, once again, it, it makes sense because the Rangers have gone a really long time without scoring a goal, combining this game with the one before it. But... 
just 44 seconds into the third period. The Flyers end up taking a 3-0 lead. You've got a situation where the Flyers get the puck in transition, and you've got Sanheim making a pass to Farabee for an easy tap-in goal. Once again, just 44 seconds into the action here. And, you know, Fox and Lindgren, we, we talked about how Tippett had a breakaway when the Rangers got caught in a bad line change. I, again, am not going to put that one completely on just those two, but I'm just not sure what they were doing here. Like I said, this was a rough game for the Ranger defenseman. I get a situation where Fox had the puck in deep. He's kind of near the corner, you know, in the Flyers zone, and he tries to make a centering pass, but it's not really all that close uh, to any of his teammates, and that's what cause the Flyers to take the puck and basically just hit up the ice in the opposite direction. And on top of that, you know, I watched this a couple of times uh, to make sure that I saw this, you know, correctly. Fox was really late back-checking on this play. And I don't know if it's a situation where, you know, maybe he's got some kind of an ailment. Maybe he got banged up a little bit in this game. Something was slowing him down a little bit. Uh, Maybe it's a situation where he had been on the ice for a long time, you know, especially on that shift specifically, you know, it was the end of a really long shift, and he just, you know, was completely out of gas, but uh, he was not moving very fast through the neutral zone to get back as the Flyers are, once again, you know, they've got the puck in transition, and they're going up the ice on a rush, and, you know, Ryan Lindgren, he didn't provide much resistance either here, and the pass is made, you know, the guy gets around Lindgren, and the pass is made to uh, Farabee, and you had Andrew Kopp, you know, he was back kind of in Adam Fox's spot because Fox was in deep, so Kopp tries to cover for him. And, you know, Kopp did the best he can. He's a good defensive forward, but obviously you'd rather have Adam Fox back there in this situation than Andrew Kopp. But just weird, you know, again, Fox very, very late getting back here, and Lindgren just didn't really do anything to even slow down Sanheim. So uh, just a less than ideal game for all the Ranger defense. And I'm not going to kill these guys. I will stand by what I said, uh, you know, going back however many episodes it was now, this Ranger top four uh, group of defensemen here, I would put them up against, once again, just about any quartet in hockey, but I got to call it like I see it. This was not a good night for the New York Ranger defensemen, and that's just the long and short of it. I expect much better results from these guys uh, when they play the Devils on Tuesday. Obviously, that's going to be a tough game. You know, the Rangers, they better bring it because you don't want to start the month of April and the push toward the playoffs with a three-game losing streak. And yes, the Devils have had a terrible season, but they always seem to bring it against the Rangers. So the Rangers uh, really need to be ready for that game, really need to get themselves back into the win column and, and turn this thing around here. You do have to give the Rangers credit for battling back, though, because again, you know, five straight scoreless periods. This has not gone the way the Rangers wanted it to go. It would have been very easy for this team to uh, just kind of be shocked and basically just, uh, you know, lose this game without a whole lot of fight, but they came storming back. Once again, you've got Panarin, Mika, and Vetrano out there together, and these guys do a really good job maintaining possession in the offensive zone. They eventually work the puck over to Truba, Miller to Truba. Truba takes a shot from the point, and Panarin redirects it past Martin Jones, so 3-1. to one, The Rangers are on the board. Great deflection by Artemi Panarin here. He was basically moving away from the puck and just kind of reached out with his stick and, again, tipped it knocked it into the net, and uh, once again, Rangers now within two goals. But then the Rangers started taking penalties, and this first one was against Ryan Reeves, and again, you know, Reeves, he took some foolish penalties early in the season, got away from it for a while, 
and now it seems to be creeping back in a little bit. But there was a situation where he kind of just took a run at Ristolainen and caught him up high with a high stick. And we could debate whether or not this was malicious enough to for a penalty to be called. But again, you're in the offensive zone. There's just no need for this. And I understand Reeves is out there to play physical and set a tone. But you got to pick your spots with this kind of stuff. You know, it, it just wasn't necessary. And he goes to the box. And, you know, the Rangers, they just scored a goal. You're trying to get everything rolling a little bit. And now you have to try to kill off a penalty. The good news is that this Ranger penalty kill has been very good in recent games. They were very good in this game as well. The Flyers went 0 for 3 on the power play. And in this instance, you know, the Rangers actually created some offense while shorthanded, which again is another silver lining from these last two games here. The Ranger penalty kill is not only uh, preventing scoring opportunities, they are creating scoring chances. They're creating more scoring chances while shorthanded than they're giving up. And at least per minute, they're creating more offense while shorthanded than they are 5v5 this last handful of games here. It's really crazy to see, but uh, Gaudreau sprung Andrew Kopp on a breakaway. Unfortunately, uh, Martin Jones made the save. Then, right after this, there was a 2-1-1 with Mika and Kreider. Uh, Mika's pass misfired. You know, you're watching this play develop, and you're thinking tip-in goal for Kreider. Unfortunately, it was not meant to be. But, uh, yeah, crazy to see the Rangers, again, producing more offense while shorthanded than they are 5v5 or even on the power play. Uh, but very, very good. Very, very encouraging to see that the penalty kill uh, is rounding back into form. You need to have a good penalty kill in the Stanley Cup playoffs. We've talked about that in the past as well. But that is absolutely vital uh, in the postseason. Panarin also took a hooking penalty, and this was just ridiculous. I mean, there wasn't much contact made at all. I mean, Panarin's stick might have, like, grazed the glove of his opponent, but there wasn't really much there, and the Rangers were shorthanded uh, as a result of that as well. But then, you know, they, they kill off all these penalties, they go back to work, and they do play better in the third period. Even before they tied it, they played much better in the third period than they had all night, and they do close to within 3-2. to two. Lindgren gets to the puck in his own zone and kind of lifts it to the center of the ice. It was gloved down by Ristolainen, but as soon as it fell to the ice, Mika Zibanejad took it away. Mika making a beeline for the net. He passes to his right to Frank Vitrano. Vitrano takes a shot from the top of the right face-off circle, and it hits Jones in the face mask. Vitrano just has an absolutely lethal shot, uh, but Jones was able to fend this off, but Mika Zibanejad finds the rebound uh, just laying there in the crease and buries it with 4.32 left in the game, so the Rangers close to 3-2 at that point. And something I'd just like to say about Frank Vitrano, was there more of a steal at the trade deadline than this guy? I mean, it seems like every single game, you know, he's playing well and getting on the score sheet. He's got an excellent shot. And again, the Rangers, all they gave up to get this guy was a fourth round draft pick. I don't know how many other teams made a move at the trade deadline uh, that included a fourth round draft pick or less than a fourth round draft pick and have gotten more on their return than Frank Vitrano has given to the New York Rangers. Something to keep an eye on going forward. But again, that looks like just an absolutely brilliant trade by Chris Drury. Uh, Frank Vitrano continuing to bring it every single night. And then just 12 seconds after this, the Rangers find the equalizer, tie the game at 3-3. Three to three. Panarin is along the boards. He makes a great touch pass in deep to Andrew Kopp, and Kopp scores from the doorstep. It was just an outstanding backhand pass by Artemi Panarin. And again, it's it's not a situation where he could just, you know, zip the puck over there. He had to uh, really kind of put some touch on it and allow Andrew Kopp to be able to run it down, get to it right on the doorstep, which is exactly what happened. And uh, Kopp just kind of chips it over Jones' pads and into the net. So 3-3. Three, three, with 4.20 to go in the game. The Rangers get a power play with 3.11 remaining in the game, and they end up not scoring there. Uh, then one last chance at the end of regulation. Mott to Brodzinski for a chance with 16 seconds left, uh, but the save was made by Jones, and he held on and did not permit a rebound. Uh, the overtime period, you know, a couple of chances both ways. You had a phenomenal point-blank stop by Igor Shesterkin. That was probably the biggest highlight of the overtime period. 
And then the Flyers get a power play opportunity, which is 33 seconds left in the overtime, so it's four on three. You've got Goodrow, Truba, and Lindgren doing a really nice job there, uh, keeping the Flyers from getting too many chances. They got one chance, and Igor Sesterkin made another nice uh, sliding save against Farabee to keep the puck out, and then the puck was cleared, and we go to the shootout. And the only person to score in the shootout was Kevin Hayes because, of course, anytime the Rangers play a former player, we know how this goes. Uh, Hayes was 3-for-11 in his career coming in, went in really slow, and just kind of floated his shot over Igor Shesterkin's right shoulder and into the net, and that left it down to Philip Hedl. Hedl had a good game. I, I can't go after Gallant for wanting to give him a chance here. Uh, made a couple of you know slick moves right there on the doorstep, faked right, went back to his left, and Jones kind of outstretches his, his right leg, and I think it went off his skate and then kind of deflected diagonal uh, across the crease and away from the net. So he kept it out. You could hear, you know, watching this game, the Madison Square Garden fans, a lot of them definitely thought that this puck went in. There, there was the briefest cheer there where, where I think a lot of people thought that Heedle had scored and then it just died just as quickly because they saw that obviously the puck had not gone in. So that's obviously unfortunate. Look, I mean, overtime and shootouts, you like your chances with the Rangers. They have tremendously skilled players, which always uh, comes into uh, your benefit when it comes to a three-on-three overtime period, and then certainly in the shootout as well. When you've got Mika and Panarin as two of your three shooters in the shootout, and you've got Igor Shesterkin between the pipes, you definitely like their chances. Unfortunately, it wasn't meant to be here. Uh, but I got to say, I, I do feel good for uh, Kevin Hayes. You know, I realize the Rangers lost, and that's unfortunate, but he's had a rough go of it over the past year or so. Obviously, he tragically lost his brother, just a completely unexpected death. He's also dealt with, uh, you know, his fair share of injuries this season and has struggled to get on the ice. And obviously the Flyers have been terrible. Uh, this certainly has not been, uh, I think it's a safe assumption to say that this is not Kevin Hayes' favorite season of his NHL career. So yes, it's unfortunate that the Rangers once again get burned by one of their old players, but I do feel good for Kevin Hayes here. You know, some things are bigger than hockey and, you know, I just hope he's doing well with, you know, everything that he's been through over the past year or so. But that will pretty much do it for today, guys. Once again, if you'd like to get in touch with this podcast, please send an email to LockedOnNYRangers at gmail.com. Once again, that is LockedOnNYRangers at gmail.com. And definitely give us a follow on Twitter as well, at LO underscore NY underscore Rangers. Once again, that is at LO underscore NY underscore Rangers. Thanks again, guys. I'll see you next time. Thanks for making Locked On New York Rangers your first listen every day. In our next episode, we're going to break down everything that happens between the Rangers and Devils on Tuesday. Now make your second listen, Locked On Fantasy Hockey. Host Steel Rodine and Flip Livingston help you become the expert of your fantasy league. It is free and available wherever you get your podcasts.